Welcome to the Quilting Company Podcast, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Tag. On today's episode, we are talking about our favorite obsession, fabric. First up, we are going to talk about what we're working on. And then we are going to have, as a guest, the amazingly talented Latifa Safir. Finally, in our Fine Finishes segment, our controversial topic today is to mix or not to mix fabric collections, that is. (laughs) So, hello, ladies. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks. How about you, Tracy? I am pretty good. Thank you for asking. So, I want to know what projects you're working on, Ginger. I am still working on my husband's uh, t-shirt quilt, but I actually made a ton of progress this past weekend. So I was very proud of myself. I locked myself up in uh, my room and uh, I was able to finish up the back and I'm kind of doing a pieced back inspired by Lori. All my backs are. <laughs> and uh, uh, I am. Uh, I took the rest of the t-shirts uh, that I had and basically took a huge piece of fabric and sewed them onto that. And then I'm going to piece that to kind of fill out the rest of the back. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. So is that like applicator? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yep. So sewed those on. And uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely like kind of winging this whole thing. Like I basically, mm. I've never done t-shirt quilt before or anything, <laughs> but the top is done. Like I got my borders on, so it is ready to go. And this is, uh, for those of you who didn't know about it, but I'm, I'm mixing. I've got like kind of the pleather material that's on the front. And uh, I'm so proud of how it weighs a ton. It's so heavy. <laughs> yeah, so whoever, heavy. If, if anybody does actually sleep under it, yeah, they're going to, ooh, it's going to oh, be they'll heavy. be warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But oh, it yeah. looks awesome. So I'm very happy with that. And, uh, yeah, so I'm uh, just trying to finish that up. And then I've got my next quilt in mind. We're buying a new mattress. So I was like, oh, we need a new, uh, you know, spread or we need a new quilt for the, the new mattress. So uh, I found one in, uh, I think it was uh, one of the last of the Modern Patchwork uh, magazines. So I was oh, coming across those and gotcha. found a really great. It's got tons of circles in it. And nice. so I'm very Fun. excited. I like circles on quilts. Yes. I do. I'm so. a curve piecing kind of girl. All right, Lori, what are you working on? Well, I have to tell you first about the thing I just finished, and that was a jean jacket for my granddaughter. <gasps> we'll put pictures of it on oh, the show it notes. Is so it's cute. so cute. She told me she wanted a jean jacket for school, and um, I said, "Well, what do you want on it?" And she said, "I don't know." I said, "Well, you got to give me a hint." So the next day when she came over, she brought me a drawing that had all these fun embellishments on a jean jacket. So I finished that for her. Like I said, we'll have pictures on the show notes page. It's so cute. Just like the picture. It does. It does. It's great. She's eight. So Uh. when you see the show notes and see her drawing, um, that that's that's the age we're working with, and she loved it. But then the other thing that I'm working on right now and I'm really excited about is a quilt that my sister made for her son. My nephew is a surfer, and he was on his board sitting out in the ocean waiting for the next wave and looked down, and there was a jellyfish in his lap. Now, in case you don't know, jellyfish can sting. So (laughs) this was He told his mom, I screamed like a girl. (laughs) 
So then a few months later, my sister found some tulip pink fabric that had jellyfish on it. And she thought she just had to make a quilt for her son nice. with the jellyfish. So she made it and sent it to me to quilt. And I found an Anne Bright quilting motif that's jellyfish. So, oh man, that is going to be so great. It's going to be so fun. I can hardly wait to get it done. You were talking about it. You were calling it the jellyfish quilt. And I was like, is this a block that I didn't know about? (laughs) I was like, what is this? So, oh my gosh. That's like my biggest fear because I am so terrified of jellyfish. It's ridiculous. Oh Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They do sting pretty good. Yeah. No. (laughs) How Um, about you, Tracy? So, the funny thing is, I'm going to segue because I actually have a jellyfish quilt too. (laughs) <laughs> See, I had awesome. no idea. It was such a big thing. <laughs> so so um, I had been a Bernina ambassador, and every December uh, they would allow the ambassadors to come out for um, a two-day retreat. And it was awesome. And you used to go, and you'd get lessons, and they would show you all the latest new things, and it was very, very cool. So... We were working with, um, I guess we were working with the Bernina Stitch Regulator, and we were supposed to use some embellishments to make this quilt that looked kind of like a Japanese flower. You ever see those Japanese flower arrangements that are like very tall and skinny and very pretty? And I looked around the room and every single person in the room was an award-winning quilter, except for me. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and, and I panicked because I just thought, oh, God, I have to make this quilt. And, oh, and I know we were using couching and we were using all these different techniques on it. And I just thought, oh, God, I don't want to show mine compared to theirs. And so I looked at the way that we were making the flower petals and the way that we were couching things down, and I went, huh, what if I make it a jellyfish instead? Nice. And so that's what I did. And so I took the little petals and I put them on upside down so that instead of looking like flower petals, they looked like the top of a jellyfish. And and then I used all the couching for the little dangly Mm -hmm leggy things and um it came out really cute (laughs) so i felt much better you know putting it up next to you know these people who've won best in show (laughs) (laughs) that's a great story tracy way to problem solve well yeah yeah. all right so i just can't wait to start talking to latifah you guys ready i'm ready Well, we have a special guest with us today. I'd like to introduce the amazingly talented Latifa Safir, and she is joining us today via Skype. Welcome, Latifa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get a chance to chat with you today. We're glad you're here. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to find out how you started sewing and quilting. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, I was one of the uh, blessed few, I guess, in my generation to start sewing when I was very young. Um, Around when I was growing up, as we all know, they started to take sewing out of of schools and all Mm -hmm. of that. But I was homeschooled. 
And my mom had seven kids, and so she liked to keep us occupied. <laughs> she was also very good at um, uh, trying to teach us life skills as mm-hmm. well. So my mom actually cannot stand sewing. It brings no joy at all to her. But she sat us down when we were very young, like six or seven years old, like on her knee at her sewing machine and showed us all the basics. So when we got interested and now mind you, my mom stayed at home because I I was homeschooled. My dad works. It was a single family income. Mm -hmm. And um, so we didn't get a whole lot of new clothes. So at about 10 or 11, my older sister and I decided we wanted to take up sewing. And Mm -hmm. the great thing was that she just handed us the sewing machine. She taught us how to, it was an old, you know, mechanical Montgomery Ward Mm -hmm. machine. She taught us how to oil it and keep it clean and running. And she just gave it to us. And so it was great because we got to explore. This is pre-internet days and Mm -hmm. pre-blogs and tutorials and all of that. And we just project by project, stitch by stitch, figured it out. And um, it was kind of a cool experience for, for, for learning how to sew. And throughout like high school and college, I actually made most of my clothes. So it was kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. No wonder you look so awesome all the time. You know what? I stopped sewing garments when um, I went through a crazy life experience and gained a bunch of weight and stopped sewing garments, which is kind of the opposite thing of what I should have done. Because it, <laughs> it's not too late. Even, you can always change even, your mind. Well, I, I started over the past like year or so, I started sewing some things. So I'm kind of excited about that. It's kind of a break from the work when you work quilting. You know mm-hmm. how it is. Yes. You have a lot of your quilting is around work. So it's kind of fun to be able to sew just selfishly and and. Um, when I sew selfishly in quilt, I feel a little guilt around it because I know all my quilting projects I have. But when I sew selfishly and sew garments, I feel no guilt. So I, I was like, oh, this is the trick for me. Ah, <laughs> It's nice. all in our head, right? <laughs> it, it really, really is. Yeah. Um, and I think I've met your mom at market. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she came to my very first market booth that I had by myself, mm-hmm. and she was a godsend. She's also hilarious, so she probably like <laughs> bragged about me. Yes, she did. Yeah, that's mom. <laughs> well, you know, that's her job. So, um, so you, so basically, when you were young, you were doing all kinds of garment things. When did quilting start? So when I think back on it, I didn't consider it quilting, but I made a patchwork. Um, quilt top out of all of the denim in our family after it, you know, got old mm-hmm. that I pieced and stitched like envelope stitched to the top of a comforter. It was really, <laughs> really? heavy and w- uh-huh. really warm and hot. But then I used it on my bed in college. So that was the first time I ever did patchwork. But I didn't actually start quilting to about 10 years ago till I was in my early mm. 30s. That's when I first made my first real, what I consider my first real quilt was in my, was actually exactly 10 years ago now. And what kind of quilt was it? So my very first quilt was a tutorial off of the Pearl Soho blog. And it was Pearl one Soho. of two mm-hmm. quilts that I made that um, I made off of someone else's design. And after that, I I started designing and it's kind of been all my designs ever since. And it's also my only quilt that I made that I really just cannot, I do not like it at all because of the fabric selection. <laughs> oh, isn't that interesting? interesting. It, I still have it. I will not get rid of it because it means something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I made it 
And my only goal was to finish it because I'm a serial crafter like nobody else is on this phone call right now. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. My only goal was to finish it because I didn't want to have another halfway finished project. So I did finish it. It Yeah. (laughs) That's really interesting. So how does it feel now to use your own fabric? In projects. It's really, it's really fun. So the, the interesting thing about being a fabric designer is it's weird because sometimes I get really tired of my own fabric because we're forced to use it exclusively so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I use fabric is very different than just sewing from one fabric line. So what happens is I have to take a break like after market and you sew like, like 10 quilt tops and right. all of the stuff with all of your fabric. And then I come back to it six months later and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I so bet. then, and I just have a fun time using it the way that I use fabric, which is to kind of pull and mix and match different, you know, because when you design print fabric, it's like your voice comes through. So it's really fun to mix and match your voice with other people's voices and create kind of the symphony mm. um, and fabric that becomes a quilt. So I, I'm having fun with it now, but I do have to take a little break in between time. <laughs> I bet. I love the way you said that, that you combine your voice with other voices for a symphony. I yeah, like that a lot. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did, did you always want to be a fabric designer or did that evolve in some way? It, um, it did evolve. I had the concept for graphic for several years and before it actually, I actually started working with it um, at with the fabric company and um, I had never seen anything like it in the industry and I really Mm -hmm. wanted it for myself to play with. Um, A lot of what I do in my business is very selfish. It's stuff that I want to see out in the world. Mm -hmm. As it should be. (laughs) And, and, but it's interesting because I feel like I'm still getting my legs under me as a fabric designer. Mm -hmm. It's a, um, a medium that I'm not a thousand percent, um, I don't. I feel like I'm still finding my voice and my way through it. And my next line that I'm actually working on concept for right now is, in some ways, going back to um, the a more really urban style of fabric, like I did in my very first line. So nice. um, I'm just trying to, you know, find my way in it. Um, I'm. I try to be very true to my own voice, and mm-hmm. that's very important to me in all of my work. Um, but then you still have a lot of input from your fabric company as far as this is what sells and mm-hmm. can we try this type of format? And, you know, I'm really open to that kind of feedback as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a fun, fun, fun um, experience, but it's also stretched me a lot and forced me to really sort of dig down into being secure in who I am and being okay with my voice being heard, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's also the only project in my own business that I work uh, with Um, currently that I work with another big company. So it's like, it's different when someone else is putting, you know, their money on the line and their work and their talent and their people behind you as well. So you really want to see it be successful. So I feel a little bit of stress around that, but at the same time, I always have to let go of that and fall back just into creating something that's true to who I am. Interesting. So do you, do you draw the, how do you create it? So or do you consider yourself like an artist and, and can draw and, and that kind of stuff? Do you? I can. Yeah, I consider myself more of a quilt artist mm-hmm. and um, not as much of an illustrator. Mm-hmm. So um, when I first started working with Hoffman, I knew what I 
wanted my fabric to look like. But I said, and I told them, I said, I could do this, but it would take me a while. So mm-hmm. um, I actually uh, rely heavily on the art department. Oh, at interesting. They're really amazing. And um, they take my crazy ideas. And even if they don't understand them, really, they're really, it's about communication at this point. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but they're right. really, really great about, okay, you want to see that? Let's see how that looks. And they, they do it for me. And I'm like, no, it needs to be a little bit more like this or the colors here or the shape here. And um, so it's kind of a, it's a, a sort of really awesome team effort. Interesting. Yeah. That, so, so when did you do my voice? Yeah. When did you design yeah. your first fabric line? Goodness, when did graphic come out? Because I don't come out with fabric mm. every year. It's been a few years. It has been a few years. Yeah. Four or five years ago. Yeah. It's been a few years now. I've only had three lines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've only had three lines. I'm working on my fourth now. Right. right. But conceptually, I came up with a graphic probably about seven or eight years ago. Interesting. And how long has it been since you've been designing quilt patterns? Um, so I started designing quilts the year I started quilting, which was 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also the same year that we, I helped to found the Modern Quilt Guild. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff happened that year. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tendency of diving in head first for, <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly. But, and, you know, at that time it was, there was a lot going on. Um, there was was a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And online, um, you know, blogs were exploding and yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting and very um, busy time. It was very dynamic. Yes. Do you make your own quilt? Do you like making quilts? Tell us about that part. Yeah. So I, um, I, a lot of people know this about me that I don't actually enjoy the process of sewing. I may have mentioned this already, but because of that, um, I had to find what was important to me in this process because I am a quilter through and through that, you know, is a big part mm-hmm. of who I am and how I operate in the world. And what I enjoy seeing is I enjoy seeing my vision come to life and I do enjoy on owning the process. So I always say the best parts of the quilt are the design and putting the binding on because that's the beginning. <laughs> I like the binding in the too. End. And, and everything <laughs> that happens in the middle is sort of just, it's a necessary evil in my mind. And I sort of envy the people who enjoy you know, like really get something out of like sitting down and stitching at a machine. <laughs> but um, with that being said, I do like to, enjoy, I do enjoy owning the whole process. So most of my quilts, especially the ones that really mean something to me, I do um, do everything from piecing to quilting all the way through to the end. I'm mm-hmm. also pretty good at it. So technically I, I construct a really well-made quilt. Um, but I, as, as you design fabric and patterns and all of that, you can't manage the whole process. And so if a quilt is for a pattern, I am quick now to send it out to get quilted at a long armor. And sometimes it's an edge to edge design, which, you know, we, there's beauty in that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you learn, especially as a business owner to figure out what's important to you and put your focus there. Um, but if it's a quilt that I really, you know, like something I'm making for my home or a friend or something, I do enjoy owning the whole process. I think there's something really powerful about saying I made this from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. So what's what's in on the horizon for you these days? What are the things that you're working on and, and that are coming out soon? Or Yeah, so I'm excited about um, 
really mastering marketing. And that's my focus in my business right now. Mm -hmm. And I even have a lot of products that haven't been marketed well. And a lot of times I get caught up in the product development part. So I'm slowing down, putting out lots of new product and focusing on marketing, which is kind of an exciting foray into me um, because a business isn't successful unless you sell Mm -hmm. and you can't (laughs) sell if you don't market. (laughs) Right. Very true. So, and I don't want to be, you know, it's, I'm, I live in LA, so I have to bring in an income that actually helps to support my family. So that's kind of what my focus mm-hmm. business-wise is. But with that being said, I'm finally releasing on a large scale a fully product, supported product line for Quilt Cadets. Um, oh, so it's a concept that's I came great. With, it's a concept <laughs> I came with many years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm partnering partnering with Annabelle Wrigley from um, nice. Little Pincushion Studio. She has four patterns in the line. I'm re-releasing the three earlier patterns with some really fun modifications. Mm-hmm. We have hardware kits and hardware. We have the badges available. Yes. The website's being launched. So you guys will see a Quilt Cadets booth at Yay. market in a few months. I'm really excited. That's so I'm kind of yeah, I'm excited about this. So it, Quilt Cadets is a pattern line to teach kids how to sew. Yes. Uh, and you, they and, earn badges. Awesome. And they earn badges yes. and they're fun. And I so um, Samara Kaja designed my badges Very and cute. my promotional po- poster. I don't know if you guys, you, you know Samara. She does amazing yes. work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I work with Annabelle Wrigley. And, Who also um, does just, amazing work working with ch- teaching children to sew. So talented. Oh my God. She develops the most brilliant, like, mm-hmm. but the balance of super cute, but still simple. It's a really hard balance. Like writing kids patterns are difficult. <laughs> you're you're so talking I'm, to me who yes. <laughs> did that for six years. And so, yes. you know, writing, yes. my goal for when I was designing patterns for kids was to make something that um, would, would could be adjusted for the age yes. and techniques of the child so if it was a young child it could be simplified if it was an older child it could be embellished or you know absolutely so yeah so i'm excited about that that's been a couple of years yeah it has been a couple years and it's been frustrating because it was never like really fully released so page and pixel did my covers i got to this is one project i'm so excited because i totally tapped into the talent in the industry and it's a really great looking product and we have some fun programs that we are um, setting up for shops and things to kind of support them and creating camps around it and having oh, trunk fantastic. shows. And it's fun. So I'm excited about that. Finally. Yay. <laughs> That's and amazing. Finally. And I yeah. know that as a grandmother, I'm one of those people, and I think there are probably dozens and dozens of our listeners that we're going to be watching for that. That mm-hmm. sounds oh, really yes. exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're written so that the kids can, depending on skill level, if they know how to get around a machine already, they can work on their own or they can work with a little, you know, a little support. Mm-hmm. But it gives them a lot of freedom. We try to talk to them in their own language. So I'm happy. I'm excited about this. That's wonderful. Yes. Well, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you join us in the studio today. And um we are so excited for all of your future endeavors and wish you all the best of luck as you launch the new product. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and inviting me to join you and allowing me to share a little bit of my story. I really appreciate it. So now we want to talk a little bit about mixing fabrics, mixing fabric collections. You know, when I started quilting, uh, I don't even want to tell you how long ago. (laughs) Um, A lot of what 
I quilted with as I was learning was garment scraps. So I'd use denim and polyester and knits and wovens and whatever. And now we're way more likely to go to the store and find a matched set, a collection of fabric where they've got 10 or 12 or so different fabrics, different colors, different scale, um, and they're meant to work together to make a quilt. So my question is, is it okay to mix collections? (laughs) So what do you think, Ginger? I say yes, only because I'm really cheap, and a lot of times the collections, frugal. yeah, frugal. There we go. I like that much better. Uh, a lot of times, though, they are because I mean, I, I remember first time I came across like uh, actual collections and seeing them all together, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I looked at the price, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to put that back down. And, yeah. And, and and as much as I would love to do it, a lot of times just I, I can't afford it, or I, I sometimes I even do end up finding something where I'll find maybe one particular fabric in. A collection, and I like putting my own little touches and my own little things in there. So I say yes. I say definitely mix away. (laughs) So Tracy, how about you? So I'm with you in that when I started quilting, they didn't have big cohesive collections, or or perhaps I hadn't quite found a quilt shop yet. But this was the early '90s, so you know it was at that point where you still needed to double check whether or not it was a cotton poly blend and things like that. And so I have found actually that it has changed the way I shop. It has also changed the way I store fabric. Mm. So back in the 90s, I used to, you know, buy the fabric, come home, wash it, fold it, put it on the shelf, and it was in color order. And now I find that I tend to buy a collection. Um, I buy a fat quarter stack or I buy pre-cuts of some kind. And I just because I feel that if I don't buy it, if I love it and I don't buy it when I see it, then it's gone. By the time you have a plan, you yeah. can't go back and find it. Yeah. So there are certain fabrics like I always try to buy the whole collection of Tula when it comes out, whether it's just a charm pack or a fat quarter tower, you know, depends on how much I like that collection and how certain I am I'm going to use it or if I have a plan for it. And so I do tend to buy now more in collections. I don't know that that's going to stay like that or not. Well, the thing I love about the collections is the fact that it does the thinking for you. Like you really don't have to figure out like what coordinates with it and what does that like it's all there for you. Mm -hmm. Where sometimes I do get overwhelmed when I go into like a Joann's or someplace and I'm trying to grab it. And I'm like, well, I think that could work or this could work. And when you get the collections, it's like, hey, that's already done. I know what what goes with what. (laughs) Okay, Ginger, I want to give you a little hint here. Okay. When you're looking at fabrics and you aren't sure if they'll go together, lots of times Printed on the salvage are the registration marks. Mm-hmm. They're in colors. So if the color that's on your main fabric is on that registration mark and it matches something that goes with, even if it's not part of the, a collection, they're going to go together. Oh, my God. You've just changed my shopping experience. <laughs> 
Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And and I understood the purpose of the salvages, but I didn't realize that detailed of it. And, sure. and it went oh, into yeah. that. Oh, yeah, my it goodness. worked wonderfully well. Yeah. You can yeah. also just cut off the selvage and then take that to the store with you if you're looking right. for a while. Yeah, um, for something to go with. Or it. if yeah. you're like me, you just collect them anyway, and yeah. someday they'll go into a quilt. Something. Because they've gotten really cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, haven't they, though? Yeah. I had one a, a year or so back that... The registration marks on the salvage were little bunny rabbits. Yes. I've seen little cats. I've Shoot. seen stars. I've seen all different yeah. shapes. It's too yeah. much fun. Yeah, I didn't think they actually had information. I just thought they were cute. But no, now they have actual no, information yeah, that's that right. I can yes. use. Yeah. yeah, that's the colors that they use to print. So yes. it's, really, it's really a vital bit of information. And another thing that I like to do when I'm playing with fabric is I like to mix prints and batiks. <gasps> no. Really. I do. <laughs> it's a fun look. Uh, batiks can have the same look as a tone-on-tone print. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hand is different. They feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, I like batiks because lots of times you can't tell the right side from the wrong side. So That's if you true. get the piece upside down, nobody knows. Yep. Nope. That definitely comes I agree. in handy. Mm-hmm. I actually just did... Um, a, a sample, a color sample with batiks, and I hadn't used them in years and loved every minute yep. of it because the hand is so different. It just feels so good. Yes. It's so nice and yes. crisp and a little stiffer, and I loved it. I like to machine embroider. Mm-hmm. And batiks are wonderful oh. for that because of that little stiffer, mm-hmm. yeah. firmer weave. Nice, nice stuff. I nice feel like I purposely avoided batiks because I don't quite understand how to work them in correctly. I don't know. I just never feel like I've, I've nailed that yet. But I figure that'll come with practice. Like I feel Absolutely. like the more comfortable I get, the more, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be braver. I will. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I, yes. I, I think you, you guys are helping me get over that, I, that idea of like, oh, yeah, I should just use a batik. Um, a lot of times I just forget because I tend to be like, oh, I'll just use a solid because that's safer. But I think I'm going I'm to get more adventurous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there are. Uh, uh, batiks used to all look the same to me, mm. and that's not the truth mm. anymore. That is oh not my gosh, the truth there's anymore. all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun yeah. stuff. Latifah's line is a perfect example of that. When she first started, they wanted batiks that were had an interesting hand, and the other person is Banyan Batiks. Mm. Right. Gibbs was a guest, and right. her what she is doing with with batiks, I think honestly, is probably like two years out <laughs> before everybody else will catch yes. up. She has plaid batiks. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, Ooh, wow. Yes. Ooh, Very yeah. cool. That sounds super interesting. She has bicycle batiks. Oh, fun. So cool. Yeah. All right. Just all sorts of fun. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm definitely I'm going to become a fan, I can tell. Yes, yes, you will like it. You will. So anything else we want to talk about? You know, you said something, Tracy. You mm-hmm. talked about the way you store things being mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me a little more. Okay. So um, like I said, when I first started, I would bring home fabric and I would put it up on the shelf in color order. And then when I started buying by collection, so I would say that probably started around 2012 maybe. So it's been a while. Um and I would bring home these fat quarter collections. And, of course, I don't want to break them up because they look cute together. And so generally I store – now I'm finding – because I've got – since I moved, I've got a smaller area that 
is like a smaller shelf that is visible. And on that shelf, I try to make it look nice. And so those fabrics are now grouped by either fabric collection, as in a fat quarter stack, a half yard stack, um, jelly rolls. Uh, I have a big stack of charm squares and layer cakes. And they those go together. Uh, and then there are other collections that might not, they might be more yardage. Um, because there's a plan for those, and those go by quilt project. Okay. And so then that doesn't include, honestly, because you're giving me that look. Um, I'm that waiting for where you put the other stuff. The other stuff is in bins. Okay. Um, and so that might be things that I called and didn't want to get rid of. That might be interesting fabric. Like I've got a whole bin of just flannel. I've got a whole bin of just wool. Um, I've got... T-shirts that are planned for T-shirt quilts. I got, so I got those kind of things. Okay. And do you do that more for just organizational purposes, or is there a reason? Like, is it should you not mix the the different fabrics? Like, does it do anything to them in a long amount of time? <laughs> I don't like, think now you're making me anything. nervous. I'm like, oh no, my goodness. I don't okay. think it does anything to them. Okay. I mean, you really need to keep your fabrics, you know, away from light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding in my new apartment that things get a little dusty, so mm. I've been having to sort of take them out and make sure that they're clean. Yeah. Um, and and the bins, I remember when I started in the 90s, I don't know how true this is now if the plastics have changed, but you were not supposed to keep your uh, fabrics in plastic for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about that, Lori, now, if that has changed I don't know if that's changed, and frankly, it's one of those things I've ignored. Yes. Um, because I have so much fabric, it, it's mind-boggling to think of storing it archivally. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yes. Well, we'll use it as a word today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm with you. So I've mine, done the same. I've not really had a problem other than sometimes I think it um, – gets sort of a plastic smell uh-huh. if, it, uh-huh. if the bin hasn't been opened in a while. Right. But that's only my fabrics from the 90s. They're still perfectly crisp and clean. <laughs> yes, exactly, because the lid's on. <laughs> well, you guys have given me a lot to think about because I'm just building up my collection. So I hadn't thought about like storage and things like that mm-hmm. and just organizing it. So definitely that gives me something good. And then the other thing is I want to go shopping in uh, Tracy's closet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and mine. Uh, yes. Oh, I, I think between that's a, the that's two a dream. of us. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of fabric. All right, yeah. forget it. Forget the fabric store or yep. anywhere else. I'm just heading to you guys. Okay, that sounds like sounds plan. like a plan. I've got plenty to share. I know that that the last time I actually shopped for a quilt, my granddaughter's graduation quilt, and she had specific colors she wanted, and I didn't have enough to make a quilt, so I went shopping and bought the fabric for a quilt, and one quilt queen size top cost me 150 bucks mm-hmm. i believe it. Um, yeah so so i hate minimum to, yeah yeah, yeah. Minimum. it's it's gonna cost you um i don't i buy good fabric nice. i i feel like when i put the effort into making something i do too i want it to mm-hmm. last yes um good go to my local quilt shop and yep, buy good fabric buy good fabric yep exactly that's nice. the best advice i can give you yep so you'll hook me up with a nice deal when i come to your places yeah right? yes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we'll show you the difference in the hand yes yeah. <laughs> 
Well, guys, this has been fun. Yes, it's been always great. love talking fabric. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me too. One of my favorite subjects oh, yeah. besides uh-huh. my kids and grandkids. Right? <laughs> yes. Right up there. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Thanks so much for listening to the Quilting Company podcast. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today on our show notes page, quiltingcompany.com slash quilt podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for listening. Happy quilting. The Quilting Company podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcast is Jared Mayer.